Hello and welcome to the Four Comic Junkies podcast. When the comics aren't enough and you need a little extra fix. I'm your host, JJ Hodges. This podcast is a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by the Dad Gum Original Batman on Film. Oof, I don't know what that voice was. I'm not going to apologize for it, though. I made a choice. I'm sticking to it. I am sorry, though. I shouldn't have done it. Anyway, we've got a great show for you today, folks. Um, My guest today is Justin Kowalski. Yes, that Justin Kowalski. (laughs) Round of applause, please. Ah, ah, Oh my gosh, Justin. Ah. Uh, Someone that I've, you know, kind of liked from afar for a while. uh, You know, part of the the Let's Go podcast network. Uh, just, Just such a... A fun, energetic person to, you know, to talk comics and, you know, all this geek shit with. Um, and you can feel his passion, you know, and I, I felt like we could have talked for hours. Um, and it was just, you know, I kept looking at the clock going, oh my gosh, like, that, that much time has passed? That much time has passed? Um, not that I don't have great conversations with my other guests, but um, Justin was better than all of them combined. I said it. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm a little ashamed of it. I shouldn't have said that. But seriously, um, yeah, it, it was so much fun just to, to actually like get to get to know him a little bit and and find that our you know our passions uh, align somewhat. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's fun. I've had so much fun just making new friends throughout this, and uh, I'm happy to say that I think Justin and I became friends, or at the very least, we became um, you know casual acquaintances. You know, maybe even best friends. Yeah, probably not. Maybe by like the second or third time he's on the show. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, as always, you can find me Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for Comic Junkies, F O R, for Comic Junkies. You can email me for Comic Junkies at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please. Um, you know, subscribe, uh, rate, write a review, say, hey, JJ. You're so cool and handsome, and everyone that I know says you're so cool and handsome. You don't have to say those exact words. You know, make it your own. Um, you know, we'll figure something out. You know, I'll, I'll help you write it. You know, we'll, we'll go through some drafts. That's what the email's for. <laughs> um, no, it's not. Well, I mean, it could be, I guess. All right, enough of me rambling on. Let's hear me ramble on with somebody else talking. <laughs> Here we are with Justin Kowalski. All right, thank you, uh, Justin Kowalski from Let's Go for joining me for uh, our first ever Four Comic Junkies chat. Uh, it's going to be a great one, folks, I promise. And I'm saying this without knowing what we're going to say, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> the utmost of confidence in our conversation. <laughs> uh, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, so... Justin, give oh, us a, yeah. um, g- give me a little bit of your uh, your secret origin, so to speak, as a, as a comic book fan. Mm. Oh yeah, my secret origin. Uh, as a kid, I always loved. I just always loved superheroes, like with superpower show and things like that. And so I think it was just part of growing up, you know. Oh, superheroes! But as far as like getting into comics, um, I remember buying a Spectacular Spider-Man. Oh gosh, what it could be off. It could be like 263 or 163. I don't know. 
And uh, it was this a comic I bought at a 7-Eleven with my dad one day, like the first time I bought my own comic book and took it to school. My teacher was like, let me see this. I was, I thought I was in trouble. And he was like, you know, you're reading the eighth grade reading level. And he had like some book and it was like Spider-Man, whatever. And then I uh, told my dad that and my dad was like, all right. So he just started taking me to the comic shop, like right off, like literally that weekend, like we went and then we would buy, um, you know, there's like, there was like a Costco and they would sell like, like 30 packs of Marvel comics mm-hmm. for like whatever, eight bucks. So you'd get like all the comics and we would do that until they stopped doing it. I was like, oh, they, yeah, I think there was a good like six months of them doing it. So anyways, um, I just really fell in love with comics, you know, um, always a Batman fan. Um, so the Marvel books was interesting because I didn't really know much about them. So it was like my first introduction to a lot of characters. And so I fell in love with like Daredevil and things like that. But um, yeah, so then comics became part of my, uh, just my rhythm. Like, oh, I'm going to go to the comic store. And then I learned about Wednesdays <laughs> and then just like all the, you know, really growing up in the nineties was like an insane time to like really get entrenched in comics because yeah. of how, how the spectacle was. There was comic shops everywhere, like all over town. Like you would just have to, Oh, depending on where you were that day, like, Oh, that's where I would go. That's where I would get my comics. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I, it's, I love the idea of people doing good. Um, and then I also love their lives. Like, Oh, I like when you, that's what I like fell in love with the justice league international comics. Yeah. They were, they were kind of silly, but they were also like, Oh, these are just, this is what they do when they're hanging out, you know? And I kind of like stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, it was just kind of not, I wouldn't say, I don't know if my path would have taken me there in other ways. I feel like it would, because the other thing was Batman 89 just sucked me in. I have to say that. Like, yeah, at that point I was like, I, I've got to know everything about Batman blew my mind. I didn't, that was the first time I knew how his parents were murdered and you know, he, that's why he became Batman. Mm-hmm. So like, I was super like sucked in by that. Like there was no turning back after that. Like to me, it was like, Oh, I love Batman. Why doesn't everybody love Batman the way I love Batman? <laughs> Did you not see the same movie as me? You know, like I was right. just like completely, completely like entrenched in this, in this world. Um, and so that was the other thing. It just kind of drove me to like, I had no filter for Batman. It was like, whatever it is, I'll buy it. You know, whatever yeah. money that I had as a kid, I'm going to buy this Batman comic. So I had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of stuff I shouldn't have had at that age. <laughs> like Batman, the Colt, Arkham Asylum, like by Grant Morrison. Just yeah. like, you know, I would just buy these collections of things and like, oh, <laughs> my parents didn't think anything of it. They're just like, oh, it's comics, you know? But like for me, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is insane. So um, yeah, I just had a, such a, a, a thirst for, knowing about Batman and in his world and which kind of that's what took me into DC comics like I I love everything I'm not like a hardcore like Marvel got zombie or like DC guy I love both companies um, yeah, equally yeah. um but I think if I had to like pick one I favored it was probably DC mm-hmm. you know yeah um but yeah that's that- in a nutshell there's my there's my my origin and I'm, I'm still here today <laughs> Um, I, I, you know, I, I ask everybody that because I, I love hearing these stories and, and getting, uh, a feel for where, where people are in their, uh, you know, like journeys, so to speak. And it's just, it's funny for me when I look back and I, and I say this, you know, all the time to my friends where I'm just like, like, you know, it was kind of lonely growing up liking comic books and liking Batman between 1998 and 2005. Right. (laughs) You know, there were very few people Mm. I knew that were there. Right. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, that's actually that's really true. That's really true. Like, you know, when you're in the comic world, you don't think about the pop, the, the overall pop culture world. No one cared. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It 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 took a while for people to kind of catch on. It really wasn't until I think when the Dark Knight came out and Iron Man came out that people, you know, I mean, yeah, there was Spider Man and X Men, but when those two movies came out, they were they were game changers. And suddenly people were like, oh, yeah. oh, I see this stuff is cool. And I was like, I've been fucking telling you they're cool for years. Where the hell have you been? <laughs> There's something about movies, man, that like validates things for people, you know, like, oh, OK, it's it's cool enough for them to make a like a cinematic version of it. Then, OK, like of all of all characters, like Iron Man, like, yeah, Iron Man comics weren't setting the world on fire. You know what I'm saying? It took. It really yep. did take someone like Robert Downey Jr. to kind of make elevate the character. I think. Like, it's sorry. I, mean, I don't mean that as a disrespect to Iron Man character. I'm sure there's people that you know really love the character a lot from the books. And I know there's some storylines uh, that you know that are like really uh, you know beloved. But like, right. something about that movie changed the character. Even in the books, they started to write them differently, and so it really affected. Um, you know how it was you know digested so i mean in in that case i mean it it's robert downey jr he he changed it yeah uh because i read extremists uh i think after the first movie came out uh because they they re-released yeah. it and they had a the the hardcover had like the iron man face on it from the movie and I was reading, I was like, man, like Tony was kind of boring in this book. <laughs> like, you know, Robert Downey's so charismatic. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know what I mean? Like, it was just, it was just yeah. so, he didn't have much character, some, but Robert Downey just like elevated the material and all the people at Marvel were like, this is how we got to do Iron Man from now on, which I think is the best way to go. Yeah, Exactly. Um, I wish the I wish the Batman books would have had the Batman Michael Keaton turn though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Gotham City kind of changed up a little bit, uh, at least for a while. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I did. They actually they actually had uh, there were some issues in the '90s where um, they had the um, Anton First who designed, you know, the production art for the first uh, for Batman '89 actually. Did some stuff for the comics and so they were they did a whole thing called destroyer it was a story called destroyer where a guy was blowing up the buildings in gotham city to bring the actual architecture to the forefront uh -huh. and they used a lot of anton first's stuff um, yeah. nice. anyways <laughs> that's not why we're here today <laughs> <laughs> we we are here today to talk uh about aquaman uh his first arc in the new 52 as well as kind of a general overview of the new 52 itself because i think you know, and this can be kind of a, I mean, who the hell knows where this conversation is going to go. That's sort of the fun of, of it. But uh, I'm like realizing it as I'm saying it. I think the new 52 was specifically designed for a character like Aquaman, you know, a character that was on the, hmm. on the outside, right. Uh, that nobody really liked, but Jeff Johns was like, no, no, this is a great character. Let me show you how it's done. Um so in that case, like a, a character like Aquaman mm -hmm. really benefited from the new 52, I think. And his first arc was just phenomenal to look at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, with, 
I have a lot of thoughts leading into the series um, and in the, the new 52 as well. And I don't want to get too much into my new 52, like, like, uh, you know, breakdown. Uh, but I will say that if you, if you just read this arc, it, ha it doesn't feel like it has any connection to the overall like publishing uh, like I, you know, edict of the new 52, it does right. feel like it was, I, this book was coming either way. I think it got pushed into the new 52. Um, right before the new 52 happened, there was the brightest day uh, storyline that went on for the whole year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And which led out of blackest night. And in that story, like Aquaman came back to life, you know? Mm. And so there was a lot of characters that were swamping being another one of them that was like lined up for their own book, spinning out of brightest day. Um, and then I think there was the whole, like, we're doing the new 52 and they were able to, you know, change things a little bit to like make it fit that. But um, this story, like really there was no, this was just Aquaman, you know, yeah. no, no, no real, like, um, you know, remembering anything else. People even in the, in the book are like, oh, there's Aquaman, you know, that's the whole thing. It's a joke. Aquaman's a joke. And there's all that, um, yeah. Yeah. that stuff going on. A lot of, there was a lot of like, uh, hey, we're explaining to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what people used to think of Aquaman, but this guy's not like that anymore. Um, so, but yeah, I, I, I really love the, I love the series. I've always been an Aquaman fan, the Peter David run. Um, I love that run. I don't know if you've read that. Um, pretty no, good uh, Aquaman stuff. Uh, and then it got weird. Then it got weird. He became like a water elemental and uh, he, <laughs> there was a younger version of him that I, I never got into any of that. It was very like King Arthurian type of, take on him sort of the sort of atlantis i didn't get into that series but um this was a real back to basics aquaman yeah and i really liked i really liked it so um i no i i totally agree i remember um going to the store the day it came out and it wasn't for whatever reason i didn't have it on my list because i didn't think it i was like well it'll be there mm -hmm. by the time i get there right so like i'd go on my lunch break okay. and get there at like you know like 12 30 or something and and it was gone for the day, like uh, the oh, day wow. it came out, it was already gone. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so then I just like went to the app and I bought the digital copy because I really wanted to read it. And it was actually yeah. really, the, the whole, that whole day was like a weird day for me anyway, because a coworker was setting me up on a blind date and <laughs> I was like, okay, like, sure. It might be fun. And I got a text from her that day that was like, Hey, I'm thinking about getting back together with my ex like, oh. you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, again, it's like 10 years ago. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I had no emotional attachment to this girl. So, I, you know, yeah. I don't really care. Same time, kind of bummed because, you know, it's look, looking forward to a date. Yeah. Um, but I ended up re reading that issue of Aquaman. Uh, and I was like, and it like made my day better. I was like, oh, my God, that was so funny. That was so cool. I'm so excited to see where this goes. Like, I was like, Jeff, John, like, you know, um, David Cross in <laughs> Arrested Development's like, oh, you've done it again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it just, you know, to me, I was like, I was like, okay, like I, I remember going to a panel that Jeff Johns had done at New York Comic Con, and he specifically said, I don't think DC has any C-list characters. I think yeah. they're they're all A-list. It just takes the right take. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, he's one of a few that can take a character like Aquaman that everybody had kind of written off even the people that are trying to write him for the most part and he's like oh no 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 this character's really fucking cool let me show you yeah. you know yeah uh, and i 
what I love about I'm I'm a I'm a big Jeff Johns fan. Like you can tell, like on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Uh, he's really good at like taking a character to like what makes it special, what makes it work, and what uh, you know. I think the the best way to like you know platform the classics to like what yeah I'm I'm not a Barry Allen fan at all. Like I I grew up on Wally West, but I understand why you know like Jeff Johns is kind of the guy to to go to 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 you know root the character back into what made it work mm-hmm. with a little bit of an update it's not like he it's not like he takes it all the way back to like 1956 but right he's <laughs> able to he's able to put a spin on it that like okay well how do we, how do we make this kind of like these weird choices they made like with parallax and hal jordan how do we make that not take it away but make it work into you know who this character is now same thing with the aquaman fine we'll we'll put the jokes in the story we'll say that everybody thinks he's a joke you know yeah like, why is aquaman here like like there's the cop that's all oh, you need some water <laughs> you know like <laughs> yep. like i love how he leaned into not just the like the publishing history but the pop culture history okay yeah. fine this is what everybody thinks i'm gonna i'm gonna use that to my storytelling advantage and so um i thought that was good and so he's really great at that no, yeah, for sure. He, there's, there's a really good element. Uh, what, what I think Jeff Johns is really great at is that he's really great at making superheroes feel like people. Yeah. Um, and I've always said that I think that the big distinction I have with Marvel and DC is, you know, that's DC. It's, it's superheroes trying to be people, and Marvel is people trying to be superheroes. Oh, that's good. And, and I think that that that's what separates the two of them in, in really, really good ways. Um, and it's it's interesting having a character like Aquaman that literally everybody's writing off, um, you know, even like in his own world in this town he's trying to live in. Um, and then and he's just kind of and it's like he gets it, but he also doesn't have time for it. But, you know, like but I love that there's a cute little moment where he, you know, has these like gold coins that he gives to the waitress because he's yeah. going to order fish and chips. And I'm like, you can't order that. You're Aquaman. And it's like, yeah, such a silly moment. And then and then he just gives her those gold coins. And she's like, you know, what am I supposed to do with these? He's like, put your kids through college. And it's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, and, you know, and Aquaman felt like he had more. Uh, there was more, <laughs> for lack of a better word, I guess, uh, pun intended, depth. <laughs> um, yeah, than, right. Because I feel like, you know, when I think of like the Peter David Aquaman, I wasn't I didn't read that at, at the time. But, um, you know, the kind of the way he was in uh, Grant Morrison's Justice League, you know, just the stoic king of Atlantis, you know, just kind of always yeah. with his shoulders out and everything, um, which is what they adapted when they did the Justice League cartoon, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. That's a cool take on the character. But it's like I don't feel a lot of humanity with that. You know, mm. and I think that John's did a really good job of bringing a lot of humanity to the character. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what Morrison did was Morrison tried to make him uh, not a joke by not leaning into the jokes. You yeah, know? yeah. Because um, I, I like what Morrison did, but I agree with what you're saying. There's, I think John's just kind of made him a. He really brought him into like, hey, he he did grow up a person like. That's why I like he's going through his pictures. Like, oh, you went skiing. Mara's like, I want to do this. You know, yeah, he, yeah. He, he did things most like kids who grew up in like United States probably did. He went on vacations, did this. His dad was trying to tell him there's other, you know, teach him there's other things to engage in. 
Um, and you don't, I don't, I've never really thought of that. You know, I kind of went from like, okay, lighthouse, dad, mermaid, mom, whatever. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> King of Atlantis, you know, um, and, and, and all that stuff works, you know, those, those runs still like fit, but what John's did was say like, but this guy's still got those human elements and, yeah. and like, maybe I don't want to be the King of Atlantis, you know? And so that's really, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting take and, you know, you can, you can get to the other stuff later, but um, that stuff really worked. Yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to get back to the, the, the scene in the restaurant mm-hmm. because I love how people just assume that he's not going to eat fish. Well, I'm like, that's probably the one thing that makes the most sense. Like, what are people eating down there? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right, right. like, of course he's eating fish. That's his, uh, that's, that's all that's down there. They're not coming up for cows, right? Like, right. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, so it made sense, but I love that. That was because that's where dad took them, you know, like that, yeah, yeah. you know, that was a nice little touch, but um, it, it just, it just goes to show that, um, um, you know, I, I feel like John's had the right, the, just the right amount of like self, like deprecation in the character balanced with like, y'all just don't get it. I, he was telling everybody in that issue, you guys don't get Aquaman. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I, and now, and hopefully now you do after this first issue, um, it almost puts some people to shame. Like, Oh dude, what was I, what was I thinking? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because it, it you get to, because uh, he's not making fun of Aquaman. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what's in, that's what's good about it, is that, you know, it, and he's not even saying all oh, these things aren't ridiculous because, you know, kind of, of course they are a little bit, but yeah. it's it's just this person who's just he's just trying to get by and you know and do do his thing, but his thing also happens to be being a superhero. Yeah, you know, and I. <clears throat> You know that that uh, when he stops the arm robbery right at the beginning, um, it's just it's such a cool image where he just like flips the truck over. They try to shoot him, and they shoot him in the head, and it's still yeah. and it just you know it nicks him a little bit, but yeah, it just pisses him off. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's like because they're just like oh you know he's only powerful in the ocean. It's like um, if he's powerful in the ocean, it's because the ocean is one of the least safe places on the planet <laughs> yeah so if he's powerful there he's probably powerful here you morons yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> I, yeah I love that it's that's such a it's actually it feels like such a Richard Donner opening yeah you know like yeah. these you know kind of generic hooded bad guys you know the cops trying to figure out how to do this and then Aquaman just emerges and boom <laughs> why are you here <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah it's and it's i like that it's inconsequential it's just it's just a cool action scene to open the book with and then um and i think that's that's another thing that john's is really good at is there's there's a lot of world building throughout the book um you know throughout these first four or five six issues there's a lot of um you know we're we're learning more about arthur and and atlantis um, as each issue goes on and I think that you know I remember reading a review I think I think it was Batman Earth 1 volume 1 no it was uh-huh. it was where somebody was complaining about Jeff Johns doing all this world building and stuff I was like have you never read a Jeff Johns book before like that's what he does like yeah he he loves to build out these worlds and you know say what you will for the execution I don't think he always nails it that's my personal take on it mm. but <clears throat> 99% of the time it's 
it, it, it does have a payoff. It, you know, and if nothing else, it leaves something for the next guy to pick up. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think he's always been really great at that because, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's the nature of the medium. They're going to keep going. Yeah. So you might as well leave stuff, even if he's not going to pick up on it, somebody else can pick up on, you know, mm-hmm. down the line. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually, I agree with that. Like as a, as a Jeff Johns fan, I can also be objective and go, okay, I didn't, I don't like all the takes, you know, yeah. I, I didn't like all these decisions, you know, back in the day, the AOL DC message boards <laughs> I got on there. <laughs> I may have had some thoughts and I shared them one time on a, there was like a JSA crossover. I don't know what it was. It was some, it was some DC, you know, big event. And there was a book he wrote. It was like a one shot. And um, I commented in this thread and said, I don't think this is Jeff John's best work. And at that time he probably wasn't writing comics long. You know, he was just, I think he was, he was on flash and I think he was on a, like maybe he was on JSA. I don't know if Hawkman was out yet or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he responded to me and said, I agree. <laughs> and he sent me some autographed comics. You know, oh. he was like, Hey, th- thanks for being honest. And I appreciate you. Yada, yada, yada. And so I was like, wow, to me, I like that made a big, that made like a big, um, like impression on me is like, okay, here's a creator uh, who turned me being a butthole on AOL, <laughs> you know, like who's this punk, like leaving comments, you know, but turned it into like, Hey man, thanks for, you know, thanks for calling me out, you know, on that. He's like, I didn't think it was my best either. I was like, Oh, I could appreciate that. And then, yeah. um, you know, it, it didn't mean I wasn't a fan, but I was definitely being a little bit of a, you know, I was that comic nerd at that point, you know, like, ah, this wasn't the best Jeff Johns comic, you know, who's this guy, you know, this, this is weak. And uh, I think he can probably hopefully take a, a look and go, yeah, man, you know, some, some of them are hits and misses. And I, I still think he has some misses there's not, there's not every book he does doesn't like win me over, but yeah. um, overall I'm a fan of what he does. Cause I do like his approach to at least the DC characters. I think he does a good, uh, a good job at it. Like, again, you know, synthesizing them as to who they are, but not getting rid of things, using it to platform them. So it's really good. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree because I think that um, of everybody that was doing the new 52 mm. to an extent, I think, you know, it's like, like those silly memes. It's like, you know, so-and-so always understands the assignment. You know what I mean? It yeah. was usually like a, an actor, right? It's like Joaquin Phoenix and like four different pictures. He always understood the assignment. And it's like, it's like, also, you know, you can just be a healthy person and not like put your body through all that, but that's just me. Anyway, (laughs) uh, I have thoughts on a lot of actors who do crazy shit like that. But anyway, (laughs) um, it's, I think when the new 52 started, I think with the exception of Green Lantern, which, you know, if if you were picking up new 52 Green Lantern number one, you, you, I, I can't imagine anyone picking that up and going, wow, I know everything I need to know about this character. Yeah. I, I'd want to blow my brains out. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck is going on here? Yeah. It, that was that was the one that was pretty much just Jeff Johns going, no, no, I'm going to keep doing what I was doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whereas like with Justice League, on the other hand, we got this uh, this new origin for them that is just, it's that those first six issues of justice league are some of the most fun comics I've ever read in my life. Yeah. You know? And, and I think that's what they should be. They should be these big bombastic stories. And it's like, Oh, how are our heroes ever overcome this? And it's just so classic storytelling. Um, and there's a little bit of Aquaman jokes in it for like yeah. a second. I think it's Greenland or yeah. Green Lantern. That's like, you know, what can he do? And then like a shark shows up and eats like 10 pair of demons. And he's like, Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I was just like, I was like, okay, see, like, I, I love that this is, this is him just, you know, big bombastic superhero craziness. Whereas, um, like Aquaman was a little bit quieter, but also was kind of scary. Like the trench are scary. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that. I was thinking about like, oh, we got to talk about that trench. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, 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 that's, that's the other side of it. I think he's good at bringing in new things, yeah. new concepts, new, uh, you know, new elements to a characters like mythos that will, that will last. I mean, he did it with the green lantern core stuff with all the, you know, the light, the light emotions and rings and all that stuff. And, and yeah. that stuff's there. Like that's not going away, you know? Um, and you know, that stuff gets sucked into, you know, like the trench was in the mo- in the movie. Like they yep. had to put that in there. Like James Wan made sure like we had a little bit of that, that trench action in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really a, a cool um, new thing to bring into because it would have been really easy to have like okay ocean master he's he's going to be in the first or have yeah. you know black mana or you know you know shark or whatever like bringing bringing something new in there that didn't feel um oh this isn't going to last because sometimes right. you get those like this new villain and it's, you know uh, you got you got to be you got to tread lightly on on a new villain especially in a relaunch like this yeah, so yeah. Uh, but what the trench really did is it, cause it's, it, they're kind of nameless, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's kind of a, it, it's, it's the big bad kind of like horror type of thing. Like it's not really about the trench. They don't have a motivation except they're hungry and they yeah. need to feed. But it, what it what was really good. It was just, it just kind of gave Aquaman this uh, for us as the readers to kind of see like, okay, let's, let's, let's see how his humanity balances out against like Mara, who's like, let's just blow him up and kill him. They're, they're right. nameless. They're faceless. Yeah. Or he's just like, this is their child. She's all, this is their spawn. There's that scene. It's their spawn. And he's all, this is a child. Yeah. So he's wrestling. Like, do we kill these things? Do we even understand them? He's, he's mad because he can't communicate with them. He can yeah. communicate with everything else. And so it was really, it was a nice like uh, layer to peel back on him trying to figure out like, what's the best way to solve this? Like, I gotta save these people, but at the same time, do I want to like, destroy like this this newly discovered like like you know species because there's there's ties to ancient like in the atlantean stuff because he even has his little symbol he finds it on the on the the writings down there and so i i like that johns was able to bring in this like scary this i mean it's cool like yeah it's cool bro like it is this cool (laughs) concept Yeah, yeah but uh it it there there's a mystery to it but um it really was just about sharing like hey who who is aquaman and it was a really uh he did he did a he did a good thing there and showing like there's multi-layers to aquaman and i always love when aquaman's like humanity is pushed against mara's just like her her kind of like royal like hey this is what we do she's a she's a warrior like through and through yeah and aquaman who is a warrior but i think he had his again he he gets to dig into his humanity a bit and be like let's pause a little bit Let's try to let's try to talk this through. <laughs> like yeah. the common sense is there, and, and I and I like I appreciate that. Even with the monster, where's the monster from, right? Yeah, and and I think it, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head that he doesn't want to just kill them off and just be like, oh, okay, we're done. It's like he he's like there has to be a way for us to coexist here, and maybe there could be if he could actually communicate with them which eventually he does when he gets to the trident you know in later stories but um i i think it was you know this story didn't need a major villain 
uh, to balance out with Aquaman. It just needed something for us to get to know him better, you know, a little bit like you were saying. So, you know, we're getting, okay, so he's not, so he doesn't just go down there and go, well, I'm going to stop these things once and for all. He's like, I want to know what they are, you know, because if they're part of the sea, then they're a part of this world. And that's important to me. Um, Whereas, you know, Mara's just like, no, they're monsters. That's that's it. That's all, you know, so it's a little bit like, uh, like like my first thought was like aliens, but also not really because they just, everybody just wants to kill the aliens, (laughs) Uh, which is fine because they're, you know, they're just monsters to begin with. Um, Whereas the trench, they're just, you know, they're, you know, they're, there's a little bit more to them. They're just trying to survive. They're not, you know, they're not deliberately murdering people. They're not going after anyone. They're just like grabbing people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I love that you know that another way to kind of get the audience on Aquaman's side is give him a dog, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Is <laughs> like we'll give him we'll give him Aqua Dog, and you know I love that part. <laughs> and he he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't know how to swim. It's like okay, we'll fix that. Yeah. I thought that was a cute moment. Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. That, that you can. I mean, that was definitely um, like telegraphed. <laughs> like, oh, he saves the dog. That dog. Yeah. You don't just bring you don't just bring a dog into a story. Yeah, it's it's Chekhov's dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think about like oh, like in the in the '90s Batman comics, he saves a dog. I'm all that's Ace. Yeah. They brought Ace in. You know, they'll they'll do it. Like oh, there's there's Crypto. So yep, yep. You know, I <laughs> I remember seeing that like because uh, they had the Smallville episode with Crypto or you know quote unquote Crypto. Yeah. Um, and then even in like Batman, Batman Beyond is the first time they really introduced Ace. Which oh, I yeah. think when I was a kid, I didn't realize it wasn't until later. I was like, oh, that's where they got the name from because yeah. um, Ace the Bat Hound, whatever. Um, which, you know, apparently is going to be Kevin Hart in the <laughs> League of Super Pets movie next year. Yo, I'm I'm really excited about that thing. Yeah. <laughs> I think it just looks fun, man. It's, what, like, this is such a side note. Like, you know, when, when they start announcing things, you're like, oh, they're going to do DC Super Pets actually for me it makes sense like kids still need to let you know like this stuff you know they yeah, need yeah. A, they need a kid vehicle um but when they did that trailer i'm like oh this is the rock and kevin hart as the super pet voices yeah i'm our i was already in just because like i, I love dc I'll, I'll check it out but i'm like okay this is gonna be something akin to probably like the lego movie you know like it's yeah for kids but there's gonna be hopefully like a an in for adults to like okay i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy some silly dc lore you know i, yeah. I like teen titans go too like i, I don't know if you if you watch teen titans go but... I, I saw i saw little bits of it and was just yeah. sort of like this this isn't for me so yeah. i just so i and i i, I kind of don't understand although you know and, and you know i'm sure you you maybe as much as i maybe more than i are subject to this weird like entitlement that fans have where there's just no like <laughs> people are insane and i can't figure out why yeah <laughs> and it, it just blows my mind some so many times where i'm like you know i just have people that are i don't know i said some i said a negative comment about Zack snyder and i spent the next like couple hours getting like attacked by people and i was just like <laughs> i was like you're you're proving my point yeah. you know <laughs> like um it just, you know, I, I, I don't know. And I think when the new 52 started, there was this same kind of backlash, like, like, oh, you're erasing everything, you know, and everything I read doesn't matter. And I'm just like, 
that that might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. If you, you actually believe <laughs> that, like you read it, it matters to you. That's what's important. Yeah, it's, it's still there, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and also like, I don't know. Have you never read a fucking comic book before? <laughs> like yeah. it, this will change soon enough, you know? And yeah. it took, it took five years, but cause I think that for a long time, Dan Didio was just pounding his fist going this, you know, this is it. This is reality. Now this is it. Mm-hmm. This is it. Until finally, everybody else was like, "Dude, this this can't be it." Like nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And well, they did. They they really didn't have. I don't know. Did you catch that Gail Simone thread? It was probably about a month ago or so, and she was being pretty transparent about the new Fifty Two um, rollout. I read, I read some of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And I um, and I've heard those rumbles before that it was a very quick turnaround. Um, and it got actually got leaked. And so they tried to push it faster than they were planning on it. Because the again, the plan was out of brightest day, launch some of these new books. They had to change some stuff. That's why I think Aquaman was already ready to roll. Yeah. Because it 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 doesn't feel like this is new 52, like um, like it doesn't have the DNA of the new 52 on that first arc so much, you know. I agree. Yeah. Same thing with like the swamp thing book. Uh, yeah. they, I, there was stuff where they had to redraw Superman. They had to put him in his like new 52 suit instead of his regular one. So there was some stuff that was like ready to roll. Um, I think Hawk and Dove and some stuff like that as well. Um, every kid, yeah. All the characters that came out of Brightest they had books <laughs> that were coming out. <laughs> yeah. Um, then, so the, the biggest issues with that, with the whole like rollout, I think was they didn't really have a good like timeline for readers. Mm-hmm. because instead of them just resetting they should just reset like crisis you know what i'm saying like just yeah everything's done and but it was hard because we have really great selling books like batman and green lantern so that's why they didn't change them you know yeah then we have some stuff we just want to reset so it felt like a really weird publishing initiative because they didn't really let the fans know like i understand the 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 um the nerdy the nerd rage sometimes i'm like well what does this mean like because they didn't explain it well but yeah. you're right. Your stories are still there, but like they didn't explain how the stories fit with the weird five years compressed line they had. Yeah. That doesn't make sense because you still have like, you know, seven Robins. Well, how does that work out? You know? And <laughs> yeah. so they didn't explain things well. And they also, they, they would bring things up, but never follow up. Like, well, we're going to give you guys a timeline. How did, you know, what stories were a part of this? Cause we're like, did Superman die? Cause if Superman died, we still have some characters connected to, superman's story like if if hal jordan was parallax superman had to die yeah because you know like there's a lot of like threads that connect and but they didn't and so there was some there was some weirdness there and that's because it was rushed and even the logo changed at issue seven that's when they rebranded with that weird dc flip logo yeah it was all supposed to launch at the same time and they were they were just off so yeah I think it, it from for my money, it, if the new Fifty Two was if that was gonna be the the reset, everything's number one. In my opinion, it that's what it should have been then. Yeah, it should have been Batman Year One, Superman Year One, Aquaman Year One. If mm-hmm. if they were really gonna do it that way, then that's how they should have done it. Yeah. Um, and and sure, that would probably would have pissed people off even more. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like. You know, and Jeff Johns had said this later when he was doing Rebirth. It's like what DC lost was its legacy. Yeah. And and that's and that's really true because DC characters, you know, uh, 
they they have a much richer legacy, I think, than than a lot of the Marvel characters because mm-hmm. a lot of the Marvel legacy characters we see are really the newer characters from the past 10, 15 years, you know, when you have yeah. Laura Kinney, when you have Miles Morales, when you have um uh you know, uh the uh, whoever the new Nova is, Sam Ryder, is that right? Oh, I don't know. Uh, either way uh, I, I mean I, I don't know either uh, <laughs> one of the novas um you know and uh, miss marvel you know characters like that mm-hmm. that it, you know are kind of the 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 new generation but they're fairly young characters yeah um whereas dick grayson has been there forever wally west has been there forever you know uh these characters that have stood the test of time um for you know one reason or the next um it just you know uh taking that away mm-hmm. really was to its detriment with with the new 52 yeah i agree i i think what would have i think we're kind of merging into that new 52 talk um with with like keeping it in aquaman again what aquaman worked because it didn't feel like it was this new initiative whereas mm-hmm there was a few books that were like that um but then there was there was the way justice league worked was perfect because it did feel fresh it felt new like okay we're starting over right yeah. we're starting over this is a clean slate um so ironically jeff johns wrote that book as well yeah. um it, it felt like that was was fresh um going back like looking in hindsight i think if if DC was just trying to freshen up their lines. I think all they, the initiative should have just been like, we have the greatest writers, the greatest artists. But even on some of the books, they're like, oh, why is this? I love George Perez. He's mm-hmm. a he's a legend, but his Superman book was not good. Yeah, you know? I, I, I never and read I, it, but I heard it was bad. Yeah, it wasn't good. And, and, he, and he actually felt like it wasn't good. He quit because he didn't feel like it was good. It was very generic. It yeah. was very like, and it was a weird contrast to what Morrison was doing in action comics. Like, yeah. That was what, what Morrison was doing was fresh. It was like, oh, this is a different take. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I even, I don't even know if I loved it. I don't know. Did you, have you read any of that Morrison's action comics? Oh yeah. 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 It was, it was very much like in the spirit of like the original, like, you know, Superman comics, Crusader, social, uh, social, <laughs> social <laughs> crusader. I can't even talk. And it, what I liked is that it was a new take. That's yeah. what the whole line should have been. But how do you but how do you cancel Green Lantern off, off of Blackest Night? Yeah. You can't. Like you can't cancel that. You know, how do you cancel and reset the bat books? And so there was just some there was just some really weird choices because it did erase a lot of the cool legacy stuff, like the Tim Drake stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tim Drake kind of got relegated to like this really weird Titans team. And um Jeff Johns was kind of like the master of DC legacy when he was doing JSA. Oh yeah. Um yeah. You know, with I, I I love new characters. I actually think, um, you know, with the exception of you know Superman and Batman, it, it's it's hard to replace them. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about those guys. It's like you you really just want Bruce. Like at least for me, I'm like I want Bruce. I want Clark. Like everything else, flip it around, change it. You know, like the the way Doctor Fate was working in JSA, Hawkman, Hot Girl, like uh, you know, Mr. Terrific, probably one of the, the, the cooler, like creations of like the late nineties, early two thousands. And then, uh, you know, what Tom King's doing in the strange adventures book, if you haven't read that, like, man, pay it people pay attention to that book. Cause Mr. Terrific like leveled up, but anyways, like, so there's these really cool, like 
uh, legacy characters that were already there. And I'm like, yeah. you guys, ha- you guys had it. You got, and you ha- and it was actually a pretty like diverse bunch of characters. Like you guys had these characters already there, and it's like you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Instead, it was like new number ones, yeah. starting over, but it was rushed, and there the care wasn't there, and you had some, you had some really weird choices, and then some of those choices even like, like almost were gone from from day one. Like I remember some of the stuff just didn't make sense. Like I think Lobo was in something and disappeared, and. Then he became like that weird, like, like skinny like, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I think they called him emo Lobo or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And then uh, th- th- that, that was weird. Like there was just some really weird things going on. Hawkman was really weird. The Rob Liefeld uh, Hawkman. It was it Rob I, Liefeld and someone else. Uh, yeah. I, I read a little bit of that. Uh, the Savage yeah. Hawkman. I think it was Savage, and I love Hawkman, but I was yeah. like, that doesn't make any sense coming out of brightest day, you know? Yeah. It, but it, it probably didn't have to anymore. <laughs> well, it, and that's that was really the uh, the really annoying thing about it was that Brightest Day had really set up a new status quo for all these characters, and then it's like okay, now we're just because of, because they kind of use Flashpoint as like as like a, a scapegoat to do it. They were like, yeah. okay, well, Flashpoint is the one that's going to change everything, which is why they're using it to change the movies now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it just it just cracks me up a little bit because I'm like I'm like well yeah but like it's it's not like the universe needed fixing I almost would have yeah. preferred the new Fifty Two if it had been almost like just a stunt where it was like oh turn I mean technically Je- Jeff Johns kind of retconned it into being a stunt yeah. with uh, <laughs> Doctor Manhattan but I almost wish that had been the that had been the you know what if that had been the end game to begin with and part of me thought that for a while i was like mm-hmm. this isn't gonna stick in in about yeah. a year we're gonna hear that like oh like dark side teamed up with you know i don't know mr mixes pillick and you know they changed the <laughs> universe or something yeah i was gonna say thanos i'm like no, no that's not right <laughs> hey um, even even weirder <laughs> you know but i mean you know it could have been something like that yeah and then and then when it kept going when they did like the zero issues, mm-hmm. well, actually, you know what I remember reading that really bothered me. And it's like, and I'm not like a purist, you know, like I said before, it's like, Hey, you read those books. They exist. They're fine. Yeah. Um, but when I think it was at the end of all the books or no, it was at the end of the zero issue books mm-hmm. where it was like, you know, Bruce Wayne, Batman first appearance, justice league, number one, 2011. Yeah. I was like, I don't like that at all. Like that, yeah. that, that is, that is you as the company now saying, this is the starting point now. And it's like yeah. that. I think that robs fans of what could be their starting point. Yeah. Um, which, you know, and I don't think having like number 605 is as much of a deterrent as they think it is. I, I 100% agree, man. Uh, I never had that issue, you know, yeah. starting in comics. Like, Oh, okay. That's comics are way more confusing now. Like, like jumping over to Marvel. If you wanted to start reading amazing Spider-Man, good luck. <laughs> yeah it's like eight volumes of amazing spider-man and and they're some of them aren't even that far away from each other it's like wait there's a you know a 2015 one and uh you know a 20 you know 18 one yep. you're looking for issue 30 you a, a, a novice <laughs> may have a hard time you know well, like well it was it was irritating when they did the marvel legacy stuff and they re- went back to their old numbering i was like this yeah. is so cool and i was so excited about that and then, like, I think it was six months later, they're like, just kidding. Number one's again. 
Yeah. I was like, I'm really mad at all of you right now. (laughs) Yeah. Number, number one's really, really actually kind of irritate me. And I, and I get why, because everyone buys them or whatever, but um, I I love that DC went back to action comics numbering and um, they're slowly bringing it back. I think they brought it back with flash. Yep. Flash and Wonder Wonder Woman. They did that. And I'm, I'm really hoping they do it with Batman. I thought they were, I thought when, I thought after Batman issue 100, they were going to go back to legacy numbering. So I feel like they still can. I think it actually just kind of helps. I think it makes it simpler. Like, oh, okay, this is, you know, Batman 8, whatever. Yeah. Well, well, plus, like, I prefer that. It's like Batman number, you know, you know, 814. But I I don't mind that number because when it's the number – when it says on it, like, a new story begins here, it's like, okay, there's a jumping off point for a reader. Yeah. They can yeah. jump in on that. And I think most of the time writers are good at that, at making, okay, like this might be somebody's first issue. Let's, you know, make sure that they, they feel like they're not confused in here. You know, yeah. I was just, I was just talking about green arrow quiver the other day. Um, and it's like, you know, Kevin Smith really didn't hesitate to just put as much DC history as he could think of in that book. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, but I don't think it's overwhelming for a new reader. I think you, you get just enough to go, okay, I kind of get what happened. You know, I thought the same thing about Green Lantern Rebirth. I had no, I, I didn't know who Hal Jordan was. I was oh, like, wow, okay. I was like, isn't that the Spectre? Like, I didn't know. And then I read that and I was like, there's so much going on here that I don't know about, but I wasn't yeah. mad about it. I was just, my interest was piqued. I was like, well, now yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Um, and I think the best stories do that. Um, but I think with, Aquaman's first story in, in the new 52 wasn't about that. It was just, let's just establish him, establish his little world here, and then we can build out from there. Yeah. Um, and I think some of the better stories have done that. Um, and a lot of the new 52 stuff did do that at first, like Swamp Thing story with Scott Snyder, yeah. you know, which I think is, I think it's kind of underrated. Um, mm-hmm. You know, everybody talks about Alan Moore and I'm just like um, Alan Moore is an asshole. Scott Snyder's a nice guy. You ever met him? Like, <laughs> re- yeah. Read his stuff. <laughs> um, and not not talking crap on Alan Moore's talent. I can't touch that. I just think interviews I've read with him, I'm like, he sounds like a complete asshole. But you know, he's just he's just uh, an old curmudgeon now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think that this was a good you know, this Aquaman story is a good starting off point for readers, you know? So if people are like, Oh, you know, I just saw the movie, what should I read? I'd tell them to read this. Um, And there's some real familiar stuff too. Like they used in the movie, like the dad walking out to the pier, like, Hey, I'm I'm coming out here. You know, uh, you'll see some familiar like spots. And so even like the part where the, he, I think he was as a kid trying to like discover his powers. He's trying to talk to the, the the fish. Yeah, Yeah. And so there is, there's a lot of like, like going back to read it, I was like, "Oh, this is this was in the movie." You know? Yeah, I so I remember that right off the bat because I remember seeing the movie and really enjoying it, uh, but then like laughing because I think it was, I think it was like after the movie was like, "Oh, this is successful. It's making a lot of money." Warner Brothers was like, "Aquaman spinoff coming soon, The Trench." I was like, "Aquaman 2? It took a while for them to announce Aquaman 2. I'm pretty sure the yeah. Trench movie was announced first, which has yeah. now been uh, debunked along mm-hmm. with New Gods, which I think is a huge mistake. I think New Gods uh, would have been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But when they announced the Trench movie, I was like, 
I was like, that sounds like the dumbest fucking thing on the planet. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are you doing that movie? Just do Aquaman 2, you idiots. <laughs> well, my take on the trench was, okay, again, what is the trench? But it's just a bunch of like critters, right? <laughs> it's, it's it, I, I felt like it wasn't going to be so much about the trench as it was going to be maybe a vehicle for like um, bringing in someone like Aqualad or, or you know, depending on whatever Aqualad, it, whether it was Garth or like Jackson, it, it could have been a vehicle. They're like, oh, they can bring more, they can build a universe with this. Yeah. As much as I don't want this, <laughs> you know, yeah. like it, it, it felt odd. Not that I don't want it. It was just more like, that's an odd choice. You know, yeah. like there's an Amazon's film. Like, do we, do we want an Amazon's film? Yeah. I mean, I don't it, know. If it introduces Yara Flora, I think maybe that would be interesting. Exactly. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah. that's the take, if that's the approach, I can get on board. But I'm like, uh, you know, sometimes they just get excited. That's why that's there's a little bit of that DC like cold feet. I'm like, y'all announce a lot of things. You yeah. know, where's yeah. my where's my Booster Gold Blue Beetle film you all talked about? That was supposed to be Lethal <laughs> Weapon. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> but... it, you know, and I, it goes all the way back to Superman Lives, I think. You know, like there was. Uh, um, I, you know, when I used to write on my <laughs> There's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't leave me alone. Actually, his name is Laura Fleas. So. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, the first time I ever met Jeff Johns, I showed him a picture, and it was a picture of him holding, uh, like, a 20-ounce drink and trying, and, like, with his mouth on the straw. I was, I was like, he's just like, he's just like Laura Fleas. He's a greedy bastard. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, he thought that was cool. Um but yeah, you know, like Superman lives. Uh, I mean, David Goyer's got like a whole like resume full of them. You know, he was going to do a Flash movie. He was going to do that Green yeah. Arrow movie. Um, he was gonna, Supermax, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and then uh, I think he was going to do. He was going to do a Thor movie at some point. Um, mm -hmm. Like you know, I, I don't know. And then there was Joss Whedon's Wonder Woman movie, which apparently is a good thing that didn't get made. Yeah. Uh, from what I've read, um, you know. George, uh, oh, uh, who's the Mad Max director? Yeah, George Miller. He was doing George his Miller, Justice yeah. League. Yeah, yeah, which sounded like it would have been really cool, uh, although contradictory to what Nolan was doing with his Dark Knight movies, which is probably a good reason why. <laughs> yeah, he, he, Nolan wasn't happy because uh, Talia was a huge part of George yeah. Miller's Justice League film. Yeah, I remember reading so, about that. Um, yeah, and you know, I think that DC they just you know with the movie stuff. They just like they keep saying like, oh, we're doing a black Superman movie. Oh, we have, you know, uh, Blue Beetle in, in development. I'm just like, D stop until we've we've hired writers and directors, you know, like. Yeah. And, and even then stop until you start filming, because how long have we been hearing about a Flash movie? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it Aquaman made a billion dollars. Fucking Aquaman made a billion dollars and you waited four years to do a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. I, I think, I think that, um, I think some, some, the biggest problem is that I think we know, we just know too much about Kool-Aid. You know, we know, <laughs> yeah. we know too much about how, uh, I don't know why I said Kool-Aid. We just know too much about how it's made, you know? Yeah. Um, and information is just so readily available now. Whereas, yeah. but you're right. Cause what happens is we just kind of get disappointed and like, you know, okay. If JJ Abrams is working on a Superman film with Ta-Nehisi Coates, and it doesn't happen because projects fall out of development. Yeah. That's a kind of a bummer because you kind of get like, oh, look who's doing that. But then you also get like, oh, Michael B. Jordan's doing Superman as well. Yeah. Hopefully that happens. You know, how many times has 
you know, Guillermo del Toro said he's doing Justice League Dark and that didn't happen, you know. For like uh, 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so then it be kind of comes like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. And so, you know, sometimes hold your cards closer to your chest. So you could go, okay, we have a Superman movie. It's in, it's, yeah, oh, whatever, you know, DC, I think um, they, they just have so much IP now i think they get overwhelmed with trying to do things that aren't batman and superman yeah that things just stall out because you know whatever reasons you know so yeah it's you know and i think that the new 52 was uh, was trying to kind of piggyback off of the success of smallville had just ended like green arrow's costume looked right out of smallville it did. um and then he had, you know, the, he had like the weird goggles like, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and like green um green lantern that that movie was supposed to be a big hit and obviously wasn't yeah. um which is the one of the biggest bummers of my life if i'm being perfectly honest um but uh yeah it, <laughs> at the at the same time it's also like i don't know it, they it's like it's like the idea is go big or go home and i think and it's funny with DC, it's either it's either a hit or a miss. There's very little in between, you know, yeah. like because with the new 52, they tried like, I think, like three ways to legitimize it. <laughs> you know, they had like they had the, the zero issues. They had um, like the futures end. Right. Yeah. Um, and then they convergence. had con convergence. Yeah. And then it just none of it was sticking. And I think until Jeff Johns was just like, we just got to just rebirth the whole fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, and even that took a while just because of how meticulous I think he and Gary Frank were with Doomsday Clock, which yeah. um, I would prefer they were that way. Honestly, I felt like the book was worth the wait, if I'm being perfectly honest. But I, I love the book. I yeah. think it was, you know, I, I get there's people that are tired of like Watchmen being brought into things, but I, you know, I was good with it. I liked it. I, I yeah. thought it was a, uh, an interesting way to use those characters you know i thought it was better than the you know before watchmen stuff oh yeah yeah that there that was, was a few books there was a few books in before watchmen that were okay but like i like what they did with uh, doomsday clock i want to ask you what were your favorite new 52 books um i mean the the obvious one being batman because i think uh like scott snyder and greg capullo i mean they mm -hmm. they put their mark on batman the same way that you know, Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams, uh, Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Bob came in Hill finger, even they, they put their mark on Batman. That's untouchable. You know, yeah. I mean, you, you're seeing the court of owls and all the video games. It was, they were even on a season, a season of Gotham, you know, they yeah. were in, in the animated movies and it's like, you know, this really simple idea that they, you know, you know, but anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, as, as staying power, I should say. Um, yeah. Uh, Aquaman for sure. Uh, just I, I think Justice League was the book I went to that was just the most fun to read. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, Swamp Thing was another one that I just was really blown away by, and and that turned me into a Swamp Thing fan. You know. I oh saw, wow! Okay. I, I saw I saw the movie originally. You know, I got, um, you know, I started collecting uh, older like Alan Moore volumes. I was like, oh, this stuff is good. Yeah. Um, you know, Scott Snyder's still a nicer guy, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was uh, action comics at least at first. Um, but uh, but most of the, most of the bad books I liked. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, 
yeah, it took me a while to get to Superman. I think I didn't get to Superman until Jeff Johns took over for an arc, mm. an arc or two uh, with yeah. uh, John Romita Jr. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, what what about you? Yeah, um, I would say Justice League was was the one that I really I think I stuck with the most. Like ending with you know the Dark Side War and stuff that was really cool. Yeah. Um, um, you know, the the Batman. I most of the books I actually once we hit I don't know what it was. It was like around the thirty. I think around thirty two is when I actually just kind of completely dropped every book of the new 52 except Justice League. And uh, I believe it was Batman and Robin that Tomasi was doing. And I uh-huh. just went to, di- I just went to digital on those. I was like, I'm just buying them digitally and that's it. You yeah. know, uh, you those know, once were all jo- very good. Yeah. yeah. Once Johns was off of Green Lantern, I, I think I was done. I dropped, yeah. um, I couldn't get into what Venditti was doing. Um, but yeah, uh, I, initially though, I liked Animal Man. I, I love the idea oh, yeah. of the red and the green. I didn't like Beast Boy being red though. I understand why, but I was like, yeah. it doesn't make sense ever a red Beast Boy. This looks weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I'm trying to remember what else I really loved. Um, I I it, I remember like Batgirl and the Flash. Those were really good. Gail Simone yeah. had a really good handle on Batgirl, I thought. Yeah, you're right. Batgirl was Batgirl was pretty good. I, it was just again one of those things where like, oh man, y- y- y'all got rid of Oracle, but I get why. Yeah. You know, like I just I really love the idea of Oracle. I didn't like their explanation of it. Like, well, they were like, well, you know, it was making Batman weak. But I was like, but y'all get that all he's doing now is just talking to Alfred now instead yeah. of oracle it was like penny one penny one like you know he was just talking to it's to, the same thing kind of <laughs> yeah so it, it didn't it didn't i felt like they didn't have a good reason just except they wanted to like kind of put their characters their kind of classic characters at the forefront so i get that right, right. um i'm trying to remember i like justice league dark a lot i remember buying justice league dark because i yeah. felt like i actually think i liked a lot of the new the new like things that were like never around before like frankenstein mm-hmm. uh agent of shade i thought was really cool um i'm trying to remember i'm trying to remember like what else really stood out to me but i think i'm with you like the scott Snyder's batman book i i really loved i but i think i stepped out once like uh super heavy and stuff came in um i just i just kind of i think i ran out of gas at that point I was, I'm but definitely I, in the minority. I love that story. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I was talking it, to Ryan Lauer about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. The, the, um, oh, Justice League of America was all over the place, though. Like, remember, like, there was like, yeah, that those books became, I would always try new stuff out. Um, then they started bringing things in, like, oh, you, you, confusing things, like, oh, wait, so now, the the Justice League three thousand came in and they were tapping into old yeah. Keith Giffen stuff and I was like what is going on uh, yeah. but I, I I would actually try a lot uh, Demon Knights I thought was pretty cool for a bit Dial H I like Dial H and then it just kind of didn't do anything it kind of went nowhere um, I do feel like they tried a lot um, and I think when they did stuff that was not like a uh, like a I'm trying to like, well, like when it wasn't like their mainstream characters, you know, trying to present them as new, I think it worked better when they did stuff like, like, okay, Justice League Dark, I loved. Um, then when they did, oh gosh, like Earth 2, I actually really liked Earth 2. I thought it was interesting. Yes, yes. Uh, I loved Earth I li- 2. Yeah, Supergirl and, you know, and uh, Huntress, that book was, I liked, I liked what they were doing there. Um, and then, you know, Nightwing was okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, man, there was so there was actually a lot. They just started like 
because remember it was 52 books and then it would like right. fluctuate it was like oh well, now there's only now there's only 42 books and then yeah. there's so well that it, i think uh my i don't know there, there are so many that like with um and i was happy that jeff johns ended up agreeing with me when they redid superboy i remember uh, like when jeff johns was doing um when he was promoting rebirth he uh-huh. said that he missed connor kent and i was yeah. like you and me both bro and when oh, man and when Bendis brought him back in Young Justice and then in Action Comics, I was like, I'm so excited right now. This is, yeah. that's, that, his arc. I mean, like, that was such a great arc. It's been adapted three or four times, you know, in Young Justice, in Smallville, in yeah. Titans, you know, like, it's, that's a great arc. <laughs> that, that adventure comics book that Jeff Johns did with Francis Manipal. Yeah. Right? Yep. That was, that was such a great book. And again, when when you when we bring stuff up like that it really makes me lament because i do understand the fanboy complaints yeah. they're like man there was good stuff like uh the tim drake red robin book was actually really cool yep. and you know he had this like developing romance with lucius fox's daughter and mm-hmm. that went nowhere they're like yep. oh that just ended so all these really cool threads ended man and you're just like okay, I hope this new 52 was worth it. And, you know, some of it, again, some of it was, I think, it, I think in the end, if the new 52 was just a publishing initiative, like for fresh things, I think it would have worked better. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, you don't have to renumber stuff, but hey, we're gonna bring a lot of new books in. We're bringing in like demon, like demon knights and, you know, Frankenstein and all that stuff. Like it, it, I think it could have worked better and it been, I think it would have been, maybe we wouldn't have had to rebirth everything you know like right. they would have done something but uh I, I think that would have been a better initiative overall like best creators you know best writers you know instead of like some weird like what what was what was what was up with like gail simone working on firestorm with uh oh gosh what's his name that the guy the ethan vance guy ethan e- vance guyver yeah, yeah. like that was a weird combo like was, i, I kind of get it but it, yeah it's weird <laughs> i i i think i read the first issue because i was curious because i liked firestorm and brightest day yeah and i was like i was like, this is I, I i don't even remember it is the thing i know i have it somewhere because yeah. i was like at the very least i'll get it signed by gail simone if i ever meet her at uh-huh. comic-con and and i did and uh but you know i was mostly there for her batgirl stuff because her batgirl stuff was incredible but i Damn. think she's she was kind of the same way that the rest of us were it's like probably most of those writers were it's like okay so what are we doing like well we're just relaunching everything yeah okay, but like where's it gonna go it's like we'll figure it out you know it's like whereas like with rebirth there felt like more of a you know uh, if we're gonna change everything or if we're gonna change things back we have to have a reason for it and we have to have stories going forward that'll make sense and i think for the most part they did it really well uh with rebirth and then now with uh infinite frontier uh which is you know still the same thing kind of going on uh, I didn't read Death Metal. I read some of it, but I read some. I was like, uh, I was like, this is. There's so many tie-ins that I was like, my brain was melting. I was like, I can't keep up with all this, man. <laughs> like, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> death. I like Death Metal, but it, it de- like I can understand how it can be like, wait, what the heck's happening? Yeah. It's just so high concept, and yeah, there's a payoff later. Like if you stick with it, but yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm sure I'd I'd like it. I love Snyder and Capullo. It just uh 
I read the first part of it. I read a bunch of the tie-ins. And then like when Future State came out, I was like, I need, I think I need a break from DC for a little bit because like my brain is still leaking out of my ears. So let me like collect it and then I'll jump on for Infinite Frontier, which I've done and I've enjoyed so far. Awesome. Um, so let me, let me ask you uh, <clears throat> like real quick, um, as a Jeff Johns fan, as mm-hmm. I am too, like all this Ray Fisher stuff really makes me uneasy because it's like I don't I want to separate the the art from the artist and I don't want to believe that Jeff Johns was capable of being a racist and enabling Joss Whedon and everything yeah however at the same time when I read the accounts I'm I'm looking at them going but what Jeff Johns did at the end of the day doesn't sound nearly as bad as what Joss Whedon was doing yeah um this is delicate because I, you know, I get there's feelings and stuff in it, and I've, I've, I've had a few people, you know, s- s- accuse me of just liking Jeff Johns because we've gotten free comic books to review, and mm-hmm. I go, that's not how it works, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if you write a bad review, they still send you the comics to review. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, my take is this: um, I, I think that uh, Ray Fisher experienced uh some frustration on the set of justice league like Mm -hmm. i get that and i feel that um he didn't like the changes because he was really deeply involved with snyder on the creation of his character and how it was going to happen and it all got taken away um good or bad like the theatrical justice league movie ain't great it's not terrible but it's it's it doesn't do anything it's like oh this it's like a fantastic four movie from 2005 you know that's where it's at for me that's that's a good way to describe it yeah yeah like it it, okay um again i don't know anything i'm not gonna act like i do know how movies are made but i will act on there's some information i actually had of from the behind the scenes during all that stuff i was uh more connected to batman on film and so there was information that we had i will say that what what happened was Warner Brothers wanted to make changes. Jeff John's job was to make the changes. And uh, it's not like they were going to write a new movie. They couldn't make a new movie. So they had to cut out the stuff they wanted to cut out um, and, you know, write new stuff. Like hindsight, like watching the Snyder cut, like I, I don't understand why. I know it's too long, but like I think they could have edited it down and had a, a pretty great film. Like there was humor and stuff in there. So I don't, I don't know why they cut those things out. Yeah. Regardless, that's what they did. Um, and so I, there probably was some, uh, you know, producer edicts and like, Hey, we got to do this. We, we got to put some, put some humor in there. I like the Superman stuff in justice league minus the lip stuff, you know, like yes, minus yes. The, the, the visual issues. Um, I think, I liked how Superman was portrayed in that film. I don't like him in the Snyder cut at all. Like, I'm like, Oh, he doesn't say anything. He doesn't even really talk to anybody on the team. And he shows up in a black suit for no reason. Like yeah. at least they don't tell us the reason. Like I get it. You get it. Cause he's yeah. back and he's, he flies into space and he's re-energized or whatever. But um, in a four hour movie, they could have explained that, <laughs> but um, I, I, okay. I a hundred percent agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so getting into that, man, there, there probably was some, uh, conversations had and, and i feel like there was i don't know what article it was where they had it was like jeff john's uh his publicist or someone was connecting and was like i think what what ray took as like dude will you just get your crap together and and so we can get this movie done he took it as like oh you don't want to hear me again i'm not ray fisher but reading it 
um, and kind of knowing like the type of guy Jeff Johns is like, I'm not tight with him. I have, I've talked to him in passing a few times at comic cons. I've mm -hmm. been on many of his panels, uh, you know, just kind of who he is of like, doesn't, he, that doesn't seem like who he is, you know, yeah. but I do, he, he's also like a creative and has an ego. So I'm sure some of the stuff he said that's been reported, he probably said, I didn't really look at it as racist as, as instead, maybe just like, okay, maybe you're being a little, uh, you know, culturally insensitive to somebody, but I don't, sure. I also think sometimes people want to, uh, be upset. That's just all, you know, every person of all takes sometimes wants to be offended. It's easy to be offended. And I think that's, uh, the case with some folks, um, with the yeah. Ray Fisher stuff, it sounds like, um, he feels that Jeff Johns enabled, uh, you know, bad behavior. And maybe Jeff Johns did. Maybe Jeff Johns was like, you know, we got to get this film done. And you're complaining about like your character, you know, having to say booyah or whatever like that. That's what we want to do, man. We hired you to be cyborg. We want you to be cyborg. And then yeah. if, and if you're going to complain about it, I, I don't know what else I can tell you. So, but it sounds like they had a, a meeting where he was like, either you, you get on board or you're going to have a problem in Hollywood. Like yeah. no one wants to work with the guy who's continually pushing against producers. It's not going to be a good thing for you. It, so it sounds like there was that conversation. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to take that. Like if you're, if you're fresh in Hollywood and you're trying to like, um, you know, have a power play, you're not, you're not, you're not Ben Affleck, bro. Yeah. You know? And it's, I think it's telling that you don't really hear from like Affleck and even like Cavill and Momoa so much. Momoa was like, oh, release the Snyder Cut. What happened was bad, but you don't have any real like, um, like what were the stories? It's really just Ray Fisher. And like, you know, Gal Gadot had her situation and she kind of like, yeah, I took care of it and that was it, you know? Yep. But she may have had a little more like, uh, you know, sway because Wonder Woman was a hit and, you know, they want to yep. make her happy uh, where it felt like Ray was just kind of, upset with this character and i get that man but i'm like man there's people you know been cut out of films completely you know what was yeah. the girl that was felicia hardy in, in amazing spider-man 2 or you know she's gone uh yeah yeah, yeah. And, you know and and even mary jane was yeah movie. yeah and and so so i, I want to be sent and i want to be sensitive to that because you know what like in in the snyder cut i liked ray fisher's character i like yeah. ray fisher as an actor i just feel like the way he's going about this is kind of sucks because oh it, it does suck that you won't you probably won't see his cyborg again it would have yeah. been cool to see him in flash you know because they even mentioned him when you know when ezra miller shows up on the flash tv show yeah um he's like oh i gotta talk to you know you know uh cyborg about this or or i think he says vic but uh so that that's a bummer uh if time passes and you find out like man there's more validation for you know like ray's stance I hope that, you know, there can be some type of like amical, like, Hey man, I'm sorry about that. Um, but what I have seen is a lot more people come out to just defense. Like his ex-wife was even like, who, you know, she was a black woman. She was like, Jeff is, Jeff's not a racist man. Like he has all, he still has a black family that loves him that he's a part of. Yeah. Um, yeah. I read about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so to me, it, it just shows like, there's just, I think Ray was just hurt and I, I couldn't, I can understand that. I can be objective and go, man, he was hurt by that. So maybe there just needs to be a better conversation. I don't know if that conversation needs to be in the public forum though. That's the only thing. And I don't feel like it's safe for someone like, uh, 
like Ray and someone like Jeff Johns to have that conversation in the public forum, but we all want to watch it now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, and that, and that's, and that's unfortunate because it, it would be good for them to have some type of like, uh, you know, maybe a handshake, maybe like, Hey man, like I realized what happened sucked. I realized that part of, you know, my involvement in there hurts you. And cause I think that's how like, you know, people should be, we should own up to our mistakes. Yeah. Um, but when something's in the public forum like that, it's, it's kind of hard. Cause you're almost like, well, I'm going to take a side because we're just people, right? Well, to, yeah. for me, yeah, I, I haven't seen anything and I don't know Jeff again on a personal level, yeah. Facebook friends now. Hey, what's up, Jeff? <laughs> like, <laughs> but like, but we're, what, what do I know about what happened? I don't. Yeah. And what, and what is, you know, the, the, you know, Ray Fisher fans know about what happened. They don't, they know what he said. They know what Jeff hasn't said. He's been off of Twitter since 2017, I think, yeah. since all this Justice League stuff happened, you know? Um, who wants to be in that position? So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know <laughs> what to think. It's, it's hard because it's not like, uh, you know, Jeff Johns was out, you know, you know, roofing ladies, you know, and doing something pretty despicable. That would be hard. You know, right. I've, I've got a, I've got a whole bunch of comics from a writer who ended up being like a, uh, pedophile, you know, he did in the eighties and nineties, he wrote a lot of green lantern books. Hmm. Um, this guy, Gerard Jones, that's who he is. Oh, and, that's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, that's, that's weird, bro. Like that's a, that's a weird one to, like, it, you know, I'm not going to burn those books, but it is, it puts a stain on like those stories, you know, it, I, I know what you mean because I, I, I do think the same way a lot about Joss Whedon because I think that, you know, for as much as Ray Fisher was attacking four people, right? Joss Whedon, Walter Hamada, John Berg, and Jeff Johns. I was like, look, out of all of them, <clears throat> if we had to pick one to walk down the plank, so to speak, it's, it's <laughs> Joss Whedon because he has yeah. a proven track record of being a complete asshole. Yeah. Um, and those stories have been coming out for years and years. Yeah. Um, so I think he was hired to do the movie because they were like, well, he, he'll put some fun energy into it and people will go see it because they liked Avengers. It'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah. But it ended up just being like this, like, you know, I love the description of this Frankenstein of a movie. Because mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> you can tell where Zack Snyder was filming and when it stopped and then when it picked yeah. up again. And um, my, I think we talked about this that night with uh, the, uh, the straight out of Gotham guys. It's like, we were all surprised that the ending where Bruce and Diana are in Wayne Manor. And he says, ah, big table, six chairs. And I was yeah. like, and we were all like, that was a Snyder cut. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> um, it just didn't seem like it. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I you know, and I, reading the stuff that, that Joss Whedon was doing, I was like, man, I, I grew up like such a huge fan of Buffy. And I yeah. have all like the season eight, nine, 10 comics that he was writing and, and I was like, man, like, you know, and like Dr. Horrible, all this stuff that like. Oh, yeah. The sing along blog. And, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. This this stuff that I just like, I love to watch and I, especially yeah. Buffy. And it just and it does put kind of a stain on it. But it's like it at the same time, it's like I'm, I'm thinking about how these stories made me feel like yeah. sure he was a part of it, but he's who he is as a person isn't in it as much. I mean, he is and isn't it's it's this it's yeah. the directors and the actors and everything that brought it to life, you know, yeah. more, more so than just, uh, and even the comics in, in a weird way, like season eight, it's like, no, like that's Sarah Michelle Gellar. I can hear her in my head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah, can, but, but here's, here's the, here's the big one. The, the biggest thing here is like, can 
these people who have done, you know, hurtful things um, and said horrible things, can they recover? Can at one point they go, what, I guess, what does it take? Can someone apologize and say, Hey man, I, I really am sorry. Sometimes it feels like, Oh, that's a, that's a statement from like their, you know, their agent and like Josh Whedon has recognized he has hurt people and, you know, yeah. and, and whatever. Um, is there a time where it's okay for them to go, Hey man, that really sucked. What I did to, you know, you know, charisma carpenter, what I, what I said to Ray Fisher, what I did to, you know, you know, people on set that was wrong. And, you know, I've taken this time to, to really like reflect and, you know, we'll go to counseling, whatever it is. And then is it safe again? Or are they always going to be bad? Are they always like going to be, cause I, I feel like there's a level. I feel like there's the Bill Cosby's where I'm like, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. You're you're and it sucks because man, it ruined like, man, I love that show growing up. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, and then there's like the, you know, the, the you know, freaking uh, Weinsteins and all that stuff. Like that's uh well, yeah. Yeah. Like that's no way that's you're done, bro. You know? Um, and, uh, I, I think actually, you know, a, a good example is James Gunn who, Oh yeah. Like, I think he, it, it, you know, for whatever reason, I, and I read a lot of those tweets when they were shared. Yeah. Like that's awful stuff. That's not funny. Like it's yeah. just, I, I, if I, if I had known who he was back then and when he was hired for guardians of the galaxy, if I had known those yeah. were his tweets, I would have been like, that guy's a pervert. Like, fuck that yeah. guy. But, yeah. you know, but then, like, you know, he kind of openly said, like, I made these movies. It totally changed my perspective on things. Like, you know, so, like, I, I don't make jokes like that anymore, and I'm sorry I ever yeah. did. And yeah. it's like, and and then when he was still punished for it, that's what hurt for yeah. me. Because I was like, so we just don't believe in forgiveness? Like, he, he's just done. Yeah. But, like, he because it's not just that he apologized it's that he actively doesn't act like that anymore yeah and that's that's where i think that there's you know room to grow for people mm-hmm. i think that jeff yeah. johns should say something to ray fisher i think he should apologize yeah. because you know whether he realized it or not somebody got hurt yeah and i think that's important for us to realize it's like you know and it's something i try to work on you know um you ever see the show santa Clarita the diet I did. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. I remember that. I, I only like, saw like the first season. I didn't oh, see the second, the, the second, the second, first season is the best, but seasons two and three are pretty good. But uh-huh. in season two, I learned a really great life lesson from that show, which was, I'm sorry, but is not an apology. Oh yeah. And I never realized that before. And it's something yeah. I use in my daily life. Now I had a fight with a family member and I was like, I was like, that's not an apology though. You just said, I'm sorry, but yeah. And, and I've had to do that like for, in, in, in when the roles were reversed i'm like i'm sorry i tried not to say it but i still meant it where i was like i'm sorry obviously i didn't intend to hurt you it's like okay but i did and i need to i, I do still need to apologize for that yeah um but i think a lot of people unfortunately don't think that way yeah um they still want to validate their position instead of val instead of validating the hurt right you know? because yeah. it the, the hurt can because I think getting that closure from someone that's just like, hey, like, I, I hurt you and I'm sorry. Like, I, had a, I have a friend who did that a long time ago. I, I thought he was one of the biggest jerks on the planet. I didn't like him. One of my best friends was best friends with him. I said, like, why do you like that guy? He's a fucking asshole. And then it was like years later when my friend got married, you know, I, I came to visit and he was, and he was talking to me. He said, hey, man, I want to apologize. I was a real dick to you for a long time. And that wasn't cool, you know. 
I think I thought it was being funny, but it wasn't, you know, I, I'm sorry. And I was like, Oh yeah, but we're good, man. Yeah. And he and, he and I are really good friends now. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing how that kind of melts away. Like if it's intentional and, you know, like, um, and it's authentic, you know? Like, yeah. So, yeah, I, I hope, I hope that that can happen because, uh, and you know what, again, it's none of my business in the end, you know, true, we have true. opinions because it's in the, it's in the public atmosphere and that's just like where we're at. And right. I think Twitter is really good at calling people out, but Twitter is not good at giving people that the grace that everyone really wants. Cause we all want to be like, Oh, we want to, we all don't want to be judged by the things that we do and say, right. Cause you're like, yeah. Oh shoot. Like if, if I scrubbed my Twitter timeline, what, what dumb thing did I say? Like, I know I didn't say anything racist and, and, and sexist or anything like that, <laughs> but I'm sure I, I, I may have said like a dumb joke, like, Oh man, did I, did I tweet something weird? You know? And maybe oh, I'll yeah. find out. <laughs> L- oh. Let me know. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I'm certain of that. It's part of the reason I'm glad I'm not famous. But- <laughs> yeah. But, but the, the, it, it would be nice if, if there could be a part like, Hey, you know what, man, I'm glad that happened. Let's all move forward. And, and, and kumbaya justice league two exactly <laughs> that, i mean that would be the, that would be the goal right you know restore yeah. the Snyderverse, which uh, but anyway i pass that anyway um well justin this has been an absolute blast man uh we've been talking for quite a while here yeah um, I, was, I was man we went all over the place but you know i i think we got we we said we did what we set out to do about about justice league about or not even it got to that but yeah. uh you know talking about aquaman the trench you know which we yeah. both are big fans of and uh the new 52 which i think we're at least half of it we're fans of yeah <laughs> um and i think that that but i love being able to have like a, a civil discourse with somebody where it's just like you know th- this was something that affected us as comic book fans but we weren't mm-hmm. like weirdos about it. it's like okay let's check it out and then after a while we were like all right, like I think we kind of need to get back to some sort of status quo here, yeah. um, which eventually DC has mostly done for the most yeah. part. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I do want Valzad back. I miss Valzad. So. Yeah. I, I, well, he's coming back. He's he, he's in Infinite Frontier right now. Oh, is I he? Believe. I think wow. he's in that. I'm trying to. I feel like I've seen him. I have. I'm not caught up on on all of some of my recent stuff. Uh-huh. Um, but I I thought he did come back. I think he's there. So well good so we'll see, we'll see. Sure. hopefully i didn't spoil anything <laughs> no no I, I um twitter did a twitter and screen rant uh they did a really great job of ruining both loki and falcon and winter soldier for me so oh was, yeah Sorry. So that was fun no i mean no, it wasn't you it was just like you know it, and, and nobody really I, it wasn't even it was like the actual like marvel account was like hmm. what did you think of kang's first appearance i'm like I don't know. Yeah. I missed it. <laughs> yeah, I know that you spoiled it. Even, you <laughs> I know, know that he he was now in, or I think it was Jonathan Majors. I was just like, because they were like, because I don't call him Kang, but you know, I was just like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I mean, it, I ended up still enjoying it, so it's fine. I'm not, yeah. I'm not that much of a like spoil sport. Why? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but anyway, curse, so, curse you, <laughs> damn you, Twitter. Um. All right, so Justin, if people are looking for you out there in the uh, interwebs, where can they find you? Oh yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter. Uh, my handle currently, <laughs> I'm thinking about changing it. Uh, J underscore Rocka, you can find me there. Uh, but you can also follow uh, at Let's Go Podcast, where um, we have a. I feel like 
I'm, I'm such in a backseat now over there because I've just been so busy with life, but uh, so much great content. The guys are so many uh, different shows and uh, you know, stuff on the YouTube, youtube.com slash let's go podcast. Uh, mm. A lot of fun stuff on there. Um, yeah. That's, that's where I'm hanging out right now, you guys. And uh, I, I like, I like doing this. I just like talking about comics and yep. fun pop culture stuff. Uh, it, to me, it's, there is just a fun. I like I like busting balls too. I think uh, <laughs> there's a there's there's something that's fun about uh, doing that with you know with your buddies and just kind of like you know hot takes. Hot takes are fun when it when it's safe. You know, like if if, if we if the arena is like all right guys, today is hot take night. We're gonna have our hot takes. Yeah, we're gonna bust balls and we're gonna you know have a good time. Um, yeah. I like doing that. I think I do that too much on Twitter. I think some people don't understand like, oh, is, is he upset? Like, no, like uh, me and my buddy Pete, we're just, we're, we're joking. We're joking I, with each other. We don't hate each other. I did. I did kind of do that with uh, Nico Caruso a little bit where I was complaining. <laughs> hey, Nico needs it. Nico needs a hot I, take. I, I was complaining <laughs> about Mary Jane in the Spider-Man movies uh-huh. and I wasn't really doing it to bait him, but I knew I was going to. And oh, then yeah. he was, and then he like, he was like, he was like, I know you're trying to bait me right now. <laughs> I'll like, tell you this. I'll tell and Nico right now, if he's listening, Nico, like y'all defend uh, these Raimi Spider-Man movies like they're the greatest Spider-Man movies ever made. And you got to be objective because organic web shooters are straight stupid. <laughs> and, and Kirsten Dunst is terrible as Mary Jane. I'll tell you that. She <laughs> literally the, the worst written character in those movies. I uh, the worst acted character is uh, the Osborne's butler, but <laughs> the, the best character is J. Jonah Jameson, and that's and that's the that's the only truth I, that I can yes. say about those films. I will 100% agree with that. So much that they had to bring him back. He was that great, Nico. Hit me up, Nico. <laughs> you got me. Him and him and Michael Keaton. They can't get away from these roles. <laughs> that's right, man. <laughs> um, well, thank uh, thanks again, Justin, for joining us today. Uh, you know, or joining me today. I say us, like, oh, this is a whole enterprise now. It's just <laughs> well, me. the cat was there. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Well, he's, I don't know where he Larflees went. Came through. <laughs> yeah, he's a good cat. Um, he's a little bastard, but he's all right. Um, so yeah, the, you know, uh, I'm sure we will be speaking again, whether on this show or some other show. Um, we're, you know, I, I was like, every time I see these, like, uh, the straight out of Gotham stuff, and I was, you know, I was there and you jumped in and, and Josh Lagern was there. And I was just like, oh, yeah, Josh. I was like, man, I feel like I'm meeting like a bunch of new friends, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's fun. That's yeah. what I love about the community is like, uh, you know, we, we kind of have these like shows that kind of like cross paths and it is really fun. That's that's what I love about when, you know, whether we're doing a, a Let's Go Live or they're doing like Iceberg Lounge or whatever or sog tonight whatever the show was yeah um i think it's fun it does it just kind of cast the net a little bit and like you get to chat with some like-minded people or even people that maybe disagree with you i actually like disagreeing because i think it's more interesting sometimes when we're like oh you you like that like i love that you love super heavy we didn't like get into it but it'd been nice to like if that was a let's let's break that down let's talk about it because i i love again I love busting balls, but discourse is sometimes really interesting to listen to and see like where is someone coming from. So I think I think there's something to learn from that too, as well. Yeah. You know, because you'll have a perspective that I didn't have because you know, and I think what's nice about it is knowing that I'm talking to somebody that's not that's going to listen and is going to offer mm-hmm. their opinions and isn't just gonna go, because this is what I've had before. Dude, it's it's stupid. It's just it's just yeah. bad. It's just bad. Why do you even like it? It's bad. And I'm just like, I, <laughs> well, I, and now I feel like an idiot for liking it. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> that's yeah. not that's not a well thought out critique either, though. It's just bad. 
Well, I, I know, but it's like, <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. So I, I try to work on that. It's like, well, this is what I like about it. And, you know, but, uh, but then, you know, anyway, we could probably, uh, as proof here, we could talk all day. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll let you get back to your, uh, your family. And uh, so now they've been banging on the door there going, get out of there. Um, but, uh, but thanks, thanks again for joining me today, Justin. Uh, we'll, yeah, get, man. we'll get you back for sure. There's so much out there to talk about. Um, and uh, for all of you listening out there, you know, we hope uh, we hope this dive wasn't too deep for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>